Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Good morning, everybody. Happy NFL game day. Welcome to the early edge for our first week one edition of best bets i'm grace remington and before we begin you already know what to do please like this video and subscribe to the sports line youtube channel now before we get to our best bets of the day let's take a look at how we did last night lots of really solid unders in the college football world but ab somehow found all the good overs notable i think the crew we all won on the colorado side and total as books, as models are trying to figure out how to rate this Colorado team, I think that's pretty good for us. So 12 and 12 day overall. Now let's get our week one preview underway and bring in the crew here. We got RJ White and Berg Betts. Now guys, here's the rundown of the show. We are picking our favorite side, total, and storyline for the early slate. Then we're doing so for the afternoon slate. And then we'll dish our best bets at the end of the show. So guys, eight games on this one o'clock schedule highlighted by the Bengals and Browns, which you can watch on CBS and Paramount Plus. So RJ, um, we'll start with you. What is the storyline you're watching in this early slate? Yeah, we had three rookie quarterbacks selected in the first five picks. All three of them are debuting in this early slate. All three of them are underdogs. Carolina plus three and a half, Indianapolis plus four and a half, Houston plus nine and a half. So pretty sizable underdogs, you know, all over three. Rookie quarterbacks are slightly over 500 ATS in week one over the last 20 years. So not necessarily a thing where they come in and, and struggle in every single situation. Um, I don't love backing Houston, which we'll get into in a little bit, but I could see the other two covering. I don't think that the opponents they're facing are that difficult for them. I will add um, a little trend here for Bryce Young in Atlanta. The last 14 quarterbacks selected number one overall are 0, 13, and 1 straight up and 1 and 13 against the spread in their first career start. So it doesn't sound too good for Bryce Young today. If I may, RJ, follow up between Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Anthony Richardson, who do you think has the best chance to win today? Um, I think Anthony Richardson just playing at home will be a little bit easier. I think the Jaguars are a little bit overrated. Um, so I, I could see Shane Steichen, a very good offensive coach, coming in, designing a game plan that that limits them. I, Indy, Indy played really good defensively for most of last year. So um, I think they can come in and win a game like 20 to 17 and, and do a little bit there. The other two, I think, are a little bit tougher. I tend to agree. All right, Berg Betts, what storyline sticks out to you in this week one early slate? Yeah, what's up, guys? What's up, Chad? Good to be back. Um, I was looking at divisional dogs in week one. As you guys, if you follow me on Twitter, I've been doing a lot of SDQLs uh, for baseball, and now I'm going to bring some uh, NFL today here for the, for the show. So for divisional dogs in week one, I was looking that since 2012, divisional dogs in week one are 37, 17, and 1 ATS against the spread, which is 68.5% to cover. As we know that these these divisional uh, teams play twice each season, so these matchups are going to be close. And within this trend, this is active for the Panthers, Browns, Colts, and Packers today. 
Okay, so that's four different games to look out for with that trend. Uh, kind of related, one system that I found was divisional unders since 2005. It's a massive sample size, uh, but it wins 55.4% of the time with a ROI of 7.5%. Obviously, a lot of familiarity there between those two teams, so that kind of explains that. Let's get into our sides and totals now. And RJ, start us off here. Which total do you like the best? Yeah, um, I don't know about liking it, but I think it's interesting. The Arizona-Washington total, 838 at most places. It's 37 and a half I saw also. There's been 26 games with a total of 38 or less since 2020. The under is 19-6 and 1 in those games. So you get that low of a total, you figure, well, it's not, not going to take that much to get it over. But that hasn't played out you know, more, more often than not in those 26 games. Combination of low total and big spread also makes the Arizona team total 14 and a half. Just expecting no offense from Arizona in this game. Very low team total there. And I'll note that Washington was the highest pick side in Circa Survivor, the competition where you just have to pick one outright winner every week, and you can't use the same team twice. So everybody expected Baltimore would be number one because they were the highest spread, but Washington was, in fact, the number one pick. Hmm. Okay. Um, it'll be interesting to see – how the books handle I've, a lot of people will be fading Arizona this year because it's it's rare to see a team attempt to tank before their season even begins. So it'll be interesting to see how the sports books kind of follow that trend. Uh, Bob, which total are you looking at today? Yeah, so being here in Pittsburgh, you know, there was only one game I wanted to look at for a total. Um, I haven't bet this one yet, but this is one that me and my friends always like to target. Uh, Steelers 49ers. Um, this is an under game for me under 41 and a half. Uh, there's chances of rain to pop up here and there here in Pittsburgh. We have two good defenses. And even though Nick Bosa is very disruptive on defense, there's just something about this Steelers defense with a healthy TJ Watt uh, right there on, on the line. So him being healthy, that crowd's going to be rocking. Uh, TJ Watt just gives this team an entire extra boost. If the Steelers could at least contain uh, or keep in check, uh, Christian McCaffrey and limit the deep balls. I could see this game being a defensive battle going, going back and forth. And also uh, the Steelers at home, they've held their opponents to less than eight, 18 or less points in six of their last home games. If that weather actually comes through, I feel like this could turn into one of those classic dramatic rainy defensive struggle games. So that'll be fun. Let's look at sides now. And RJ, you are going to Cincinnati at Cleveland this is interesting because the market likes the Browns. Now, I'm not sure if that's because of the Joe Burrow injury situation and the limited amount of practice he's had, or if it's because the Browns are just simply a loaded roster. But how do you feel about this one? Yeah, down from two and a half, even though Joe Burrow's all completely off injury report was not a question for this game. Um, but you get this trend where quarterbacks that don't play at all in the preseason tend to struggle a little bit early on, shaking off the rust. So maybe people are eyeing that. I mean, one and a halfs are available too. Um, so you think about that, but there's a lot of faith that Sean Watson has, you know, knocked off the rust. He was very rusty when he came back last year. Um, and who knows if, if an offseason of prep is going to make all the difference there. So I think a lot of people expect the Browns to win this game. Cleveland was the highest pick side in circa million. The, the best bets, five, you had to make five best bets against the spread every week contest. Um, so the market is really expecting Cleveland to do well here. I need to see it first with Deshaun Watson. So I, I, I'm more on the Cincy side, but especially if you can get them one and a half, I think it's a pretty good play. All right. And Bob, and what are you looking at here? I was looking at Jaguars and Colts. Um, since 2018, the Jaguars are 0 and 5 straight up when playing at, at Indy. And then last season as a favorite, the Jaguars went one and four 
ATS. I know they have added Calvin Ridley. Um, they look very comfortable in Doug Peterson systems, but for some reason they just don't perform on the road when they play in Indianapolis. I know that the Colts um, have a rookie head coach starting a rookie QB in Anthony Richardson, no Jonathan Taylor, but I mean, the home team in the series has always found ways to win. Uh, the, the home team in this series, five, two, and one ATS in their last eight meetings. And the one thing that I really like to look at is the Jaguars are very public today. So when I see that a lot of the public is on one side, which like I said, the Jaguars are very public, I tend to look at the other side. So um, I'll take the Colts with the points. Okay. And this falls into that divisional home dogs trend that you yeah. spoke about earlier. A, a little synergy there. Yeah, we love to see it. Okay, so that wraps for our early slate. We are taking a look at the afternoon slate next, but first, a word from one of our sponsors. All right, five games on the late slate kicking off at 425, highlighted by Philly, New England, and Miami, LA Chargers on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. We will start with the storylines for these early games. RJ, what is catching your attention today? Yeah, it's got to look to Green Bay, where Christian Watson is out, Romeo Dobbs, Expected to play, but going to be less than 100% limited in his snaps. So big game for Jordan Love taking over for Aaron Rodgers. Who's he going to throw to in this game? Could be a nice day for the rookie, Jaden Reed, and the Luke Musgrave at tight end if the rapport was built there during camp. So we'll see how the connection is between those guys too. And if not, also consider backing Aaron Jones receiving props as he's the outlet to lean on. We've seen in the past he's had big receiving days, especially when uh, the Packers have been limited at, at receiver with injuries. Line was two and a half over the summer, came down to one before the injury, still hovering around one and a half. I think people still believe in this Green Bay team, even with the injuries. So um, Chicago may be a little bit overrated on the power ratings here. Yep, the start of the Jordan Love era. Changing the guard, always kind of fun to watch. Okay, Bob, you are diving even deeper into this divisional dog trend. Tell us what you got. Yeah, so I first mentioned the divisional dogs in week one uh, for the first storyline. Uh, for this one, I'll look at divisional home dogs and why there's not that many for the 4 p.m. slate. There are two for the primetime game. So uh, this one's even better than the first one. This one has a 74.2% chance of covering the spread. So week one divisional home dogs are 23 and 8 ATS. Um, this one is active for the Giants and the Jets, and one of these picks could be uh, my picks that I could break down later for best bets. Ooh, so we got to tease ahead. Stick around for that. Uh, going to the total now, RJ, you are on a divisional matchup. Where are you going here? Yeah, this Raiders-Broncos game is interesting. The spread keeps dropping. It's around three now, but so does the total. It opened at 45, around 43 now. I think people are worried about the Denver offense without Jerry Judy and how, how they execute, but they're going to be better with Sean Payton calling the plays over the guy they had last year. So I, I'm not worried about that. Denver did open last year 11-1 and one to the under as Russ took a little while to get going. Obviously, he had a bad year all the way throughout the year, and the coach was not great there. Um, Denver's defense still ec excellent, so if there's offensive worries – why is this total not around 40 like some of the other games we're seeing, the, the Washington game, the, the, the Panthers game? Um, the altitude may also wipe out the Vegas defense in the second half. So if you're a little bit worried about the main number, um, I, I might look for live bets. If Denver's offense is not impressive, hammer the under because the Las Vegas defense could run. Las Vegas offense could run out of steam in the second half anyway. And you mentioned Jerry Judy not playing. That means Cortland Sutton will be the number one receiver. So I just want to add a little note here for those who play DFS. Wide receiver number two should be Marvin Mims. Right now, he's the bare minimum 3,000 on DK. 
great price point for the number of round routes he's expected to run. Um, Bob, which total are you looking at? Yeah, I was going to look at Dolphins Chargers in this one. Um, you know, every game we have to worry about Tua's health. Uh, it's going to always be a question mark. He could be one hit away from, you know, God knows what. So this just seems like another under game to me. I think that the, a lot of people are thinking that this game could be a shootout with how these offense could be a lot of firepower. But this just feels like a game that um, – the, the offenses will get down very quickly, but then struggle in the red zone. So I could see them like trading field goals a bunch of times during this game. And then uh, the one other stat I found is since 2008, when these two teams get together, they are nine and two to the under going under by 6.32 points each game. Okay. I like it. I was expecting a lot of fireworks, but I appreciate a different perspective. I got a lot to think about now. Um, staying on the West coast, RJ, that is the side you're looking at. Who do you like? Yeah, this Ram Seahawks game is interesting. Seahawks minus six could be found early in the week. Now it's down to five, four and a half at some places. It seems like people are thinking that the Rams are going to have a decent offense, even without Cooper cup. Um, that absence is huge. Obviously you get Van Jefferson as the number one receiver two, two out. Well, Puka Nakua, some combination of them as the number two. Um, so I think the market just might be hoping for a backdoor cover here. Hopefully thinking Seattle doesn't run away with the game and then Rams being aggressive in the second half can cut it down to four and get the cover here. So um, since he has cleared Kenneth Walker and Jackson Smith and Jigba though, only injury concern is in the secondary. Maybe that does help the Rams offense, but I think Seattle's offense is going to score a ton of points. I would lay it at four and a half. Okay, and Bob, the game you're on, just a reminder to everyone, you can watch it on CBS or Paramount+. Plus. Bob, you're looking at the Eagles at the Patriots. Now, sometimes we see a slow start from the team that loses the Super Bowl the previous year. However, I don't know if we're going to have that problem with this Philadelphia team. How do you feel about this game? Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Uh, this line right now currently sits at minus three, which is very fishy. Uh, the spread got as high as minus five and then got steamed down to where it is now. However, I'm not really buying it. The Eagles have the clear advantage on both sides of the ball. I really don't see uh, the Patriots being able to uh, keep up or even contain this high-powered Eagles offense. Um, like you said, Grace, last season the Eagles started out very, uh, very fast, which I expect them to. Um, they hit their money line in seven of their last nine away games, which is currently at minus 166 on DraftKings the, the, the last time I checked. Um, pretty juicy, but it could be a good parlay piece. However, um, with that money line stat that I just said, I'll take my chances on the Eagles starting fast, and I would take a chance at their first half, the first half spread at minus two and a half, minus one, minus one twenty-two on DraftKings. All right, love it. That wraps our game day slate preview. We are moving on to our best bets next, and welcoming in another guest. I think the chat has figured out who that is. But first, a message from our friends at CBS Sports HQ. All right, and there he is. He is the sniper. We need to diversify our betting slips a little bit today, Matt. So thank you for joining us. You got a couple baseball picks for us. Where are you putting your money today? Yeah, let's talk a little Major League Baseball here. Hey, I'm ex as excited as anybody for the NFL, but we've still got some Major League Baseball coming. I'm going to go to the Bronx, and I'm going to go over six and a half strikeouts with Garrett Cole. It's plus money. He is on his way to winning a Cy Young, it looks like. 
He's one of the best pitchers who has never won a Cy Young. I actually had an article this past week and listed some of the pitchers, uh, believe it or not, Nolan Ryan, Kurt Schilling, Kevin Brown. A lot of those guys never won a Cy Young. Cole is on that list. I think he's going to come off. I think he's going to have a big strikeout game today. Brewers top 10 in strikeout percentage. They struck out nine times against Mike King yesterday. Garrett Cole gets a little bit more swings and misses than King does. Uh, I really like this, especially at plus money. And then we're going to go to Boston, not on the Red Sox, obviously not on the Red Sox. They're terrible right now. They actually lost a game in which they got 23 hits yesterday. That's incredibly difficult to do, to record 23 hits and still manage to lose the game. Uh, the Red Sox are only 36 and 35 at home. They're actually 16 and 23 since July 28th. On the flip side, the Orioles, red, red hot. They've won seven in a row. Uh, they're 48 and 25 on the road. I know Brian Bayo on the mound for the Red Sox. He's been really good overall, but again, just not liking the Red Sox vibe as a whole. I like this line all the way down a close to even money. So I'm on the Orioles here. And also I wanted to bounce a little something off the NFL people on the show as our resident bears fan, as you can see, we've got, Oh, I pointed wrong. The bears hat right there. Uh, Justin Fields, 182 and a half on the passing yards. He had 254 the last time the Bears played the Packers. He had a long rushing touchdown. I feel like the Packers are going to sell out and make sure that Fields does not beat them with his legs. And I'm going to listen to your answers as I put on the jersey here. So let me hear it. 182 and a half field passing yards. What do we got? Yeah, I think that's that's right. They're probably going to attack him for the run. They obviously know him well, being divisional opponent there. Um, so it could happen. His receiving core is better with DJ Moore as the number one. Um, so we'll see what type of game this is. If Jordan Love, he, I think he really needs Jordan Love to make it a game too. If Jordan Love turns out to be not great and the the, the injuries that the Packers have at receivers really come home to roost, then maybe the, the Bears can just win this game running away and they just run the ball. He doesn't have to throw a ton. So ideally, if Jordan Love comes out and plays well, I think that that fields over hits. It could happen is what RJ says. I think anyone wearing the jersey at that point is not listening to possibilities. When it, It's like uh, dumb and dumber. So you're telling me there's a chance. No, Matt's already gone. He heard like a 1% possibility. He's, he's already bet that. Um, okay, we've been, we've been drama-free to this point, guys. But, Bob, I think you're about to change that. What's going on? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to – First Matt's bubble, but I mean, I see a lot of love for Justin Fields and, you know, with DJ Moore being, being the number one, I think the Packers have a pretty good defense. I think above average, in my opinion, they have really good corners. Um, I would have to see it first um, with him pa uh, passing over even 200 yards. This does seem a little low. I thought we were talking about like his season win, like his season uh, yards total, which I would take under because I know everybody on Twitter and everything is just in love with him to go over. However, um, for the NFL, I like to take a more contrarian approach. So I would be looking at Justin Fields under uh, the passing yards today. So, I mean, I have to see it first to believe it. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> Bob, I need more drama than that. I am talking about the Giants. <laughs> oh, we were going oh, there. Yes, we, were, we, we are going, we were going there. there already. Best bets already. Yep, let's go. <laughs> All right. So I posted this a couple weeks ago. Um, I, I figured the, the line would move. This my, this line, I thought, would have came down to at least three. I wanted to get the hook. I'm going to take uh, the New York Giants plus three and a half tonight. Um, I put it at 115. I see 112. 
right now currently on FanDuel. Um, yeah, many people are thinking that the Giants are going to regress this season. However, you know, they, they made additions and they improved on both sides of the ball. They added wide receiver depth, Darren Waller, and Dave all was already playing mind games saying that uh, he was going to be questionable. Their, Ian Rapport made a report today that he is expected to play tonight. They bolstered their linebackers with Bobby O. They got a steal in Isaiah Simmons. Hopefully Wink could turn him into what he is supposed to be. Um, Dallas comes into the season with high expectations, just like every single year. And, you know, sometimes uh, they don't always, always perform. Uh, Dak looked very shaky in practice. He was throwing a lot of, a lot of interceptions and in, just in practice to his own teams. And he's saying that he's not going to be throwing this nearly as many interceptions as he did this season, as he did last season. So giants have one year under Dayball's system. Uh, Wink uh, has all the pieces that he needs on defense to keep this one close. Um, this goes back to my home dog divisional trend. Uh, so I think that the giants are more than capable of keeping this within a field goal. And, you know, with the hook in our pocket um, giants plus three and a half tonight. Okay, now the chat is asking for a showdown. I don't think they're expecting the showdown that you might have, Bob. A showdown via Twitter? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I forgot to mention that one. Um, this was going to be a little surprise. I saw people on Twitter being like, oh, uh, there's a guy that works here. I think his name is EC. I, I'm, not, I'm not really really sure. But he say, he's predicting, just like everyone else, the Giants to go under their season win total of seven and a half. And... As you guys know, even though I'm in Pittsburgh, I'm a diehard Giants fan. So um, EC challenged me. Um, I made a little game on Twitter, and I was going to make him sweat it out until today. So with that being said, uh, EC's on the under. I'm on the over. Giants season win total over seven. So EC, I'm in. Snake, you can hit the music. Okay, yeah, now I'm must... yeah, yeah, we're stoked. <laughs> <laughs> we all still need our coffee on this Sunday morning. Um, okay, Bob, last time you and EC were on a show together, of my recollection, it was like Battle of the Undershirts. So is this the stake for this showdown? Like instead of you going double undershirt, you gotta go triple now. Um, you know, whatever, whenever he comes on next, we could discuss that. We could talk about it on Twitter, but you know, I'll go, I'll go five undershirts or whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever it is. I am very confident that my, even though their schedule is very tough, I'm very scheduled that the giants could squeak out at least eight wins. All right. I think EC's still sleeping on the West coast. So he's got a lot to wake up to this morning. Uh, RJ, run us out here. What are your best bets for today? I'm going to give you three. I'm going to give you one against the spread, one total, and one player prop. Spread, we're looking at Tennessee plus three, minus 115. Mike Vrabel, 22-9-1 against the spread when catching three-plus points. Dennis Allen on the other side of coach. I think he's just a guy. I don't think he's anything anything special, that coach. Tennessee's pass defense is better than the injured unit that we saw last year, being the most injured defense in the league last year. They added Sean Murphy Bunting. They added Al Shair at linebacker. Those are two big additions. They're going to have a stronger defense than people realize this year. New Orleans defensive line was their weakness last year, and Tennessee added a top-tier guard in the draft. Their offensive line still isn't going to be great, but I think they're going to be able to run the ball with Derrick Henry, <clears throat> have a big day there. I would play his over 79.5 rushing yards. He, he hit that over, I think, 12 to 16 games last year, and this does not seem like a matchup where he's going to be limited, even with DeAndre Hopkins uh, uh, on the field for Tennessee. So I, I like Tennessee plus three. I also like Henry to go over. 
Um, Houston's team total, take them under 16 and a half. We talked about how uh, the underdogs, um, the, the rookie quarterbacks as underdogs could have some good days, but this is a very tough test for him in his debut. Baltimore's defense, third in points per game allowed last year. Houston's offensive line decimated by injury already. Three expected starters on the injured reserve. So um, who's going to be blocking for him against this Baltimore friend? I don't know. Could be could be me. Could be anybody. Um, Baltimore's not deep at cornerback, but Houston does not have the receivers to take advantage of that with Robert Woods as a projected starter. Some interesting names, uh, younger guys deeper down with guys like Tank Dale, Xavier Hutchinson, but who knows if they come out and are a big part of the game in week one. I think it's going to take time for this Houston offense to gel. It's going to take better offensive line help for, for Stroud to meet his potential. I don't see them scoring 17 points in this game. I would take under at minus one. 10 for 16 and a half. Then we go to the player prop looking at the new wide receiver one in Los Angeles, Van Jefferson to go over 42 and a half receiving yards at minus 115. No Cooper Cup. So Jefferson's going to play almost every snap. We saw the last six games last year, he played 94% of the snaps or more in every single game, beat this number in three of those six games. With, with Baker Mayfield and John Wolford throwing him passes. Those guys averaged 171 pass yards per game in those games. Stafford's over-under is 50 yards more, 221.5. Obviously, a much better quarterback can get Jefferson the ball here. Game script should also benefit Jefferson. Rams chasing points in the second half, being a big underdog. That favors more targets for, for Jefferson as McVay gets um, more aggressive there. So I think he's going to coast over this number. I think you can also get plus money, maybe plus 120 on his over three and a half receptions. Seems like that's a pretty good lock to come into. All right. Love them all. Now, uh, we do have one look-ahead line to get to, but before we do, let's go to the recap screen. Um, RJ, as he just told you, is on the Titans to cover, plus three at minus 115. He's fading the Texans team total under 16 and a half at minus 110. And the prop of the day, Van Jefferson over 42 and a half receiving yards at minus 115. Berg Betts is on his Giants to cover three and a half at minus 112 and the sniper backing the Orioles on the money line at minus 105 and the Cy Young seeking Garrett Cole to have over six and a half strikeouts at plus 120. I'm really excited for that one there, Snipe. Okay, RJ, you are always on the look ahead. So which line in week two are you looking at? Yeah, people don't know you can bet week two lines right now, and we're going to look at those every the, the following week's lines to see where there's we can take advantage of some of the spreads here. And I'm looking at the Tampa Bay game. They are plus one and a half at home against Chicago. We've seen their Minnesota line, Tampa Bay, has come down two plus points as the market starts buying in to maybe Tampa's not as bad as we all thought, or maybe Minnesota's worse than we all thought. But I think everybody was against Minnesota anyway. So I think it's more the maybe Tampa Bay has a chance to hang in this game. Chicago's line, we saw that come down before the Green Bay injuries. Um, now it's still around one and a half. It's still lower than the opener, despite those injuries. So I think the market is really kind of converging on Tampa Bay being much better than we thought early in the summer. This line hasn't moved since the opener. It's still plus one and a half like it was in the opener. So it's lagging there. And I don't think Chicago, sorry, Snyder, has a right to be road favorites against anyone. I think they need to earn that after being the worst team in the league last year. Tampa Bay's offensive line can come into this game win, push this to the uh, versus the Chicago pass rush while the receivers can win their matchups too against Chicago secondary. I think the Bucs are going to win this game. We're not going to be able to get plus one and a half after today and after these, these uh, week one games play out. Um, okay. Yeah. So I was going to confirm RJ, you're expecting this line to flip essentially. Yeah. I think when it reopens, it's going to be at least pick them and people are going to bet the bucks and it's going to go up to one, two, somewhere around there. Okay, cool. Uh, Matt, geez, you kind of dissing you there on a Sunday morning. What do you have to say to that? 
He has nothing. He's on. Oh, you're, you're muted, pal. You got nothing to say. <laughs> oh, man, that's the first time that's happened. Wow. Okay. See, now I'm flustered. I was all flustered because everybody's saying bad stuff about the Bears. No, the thing I love about right before the season starts is you get a hope. And in, as my favorite movie, and Andy Dufresne in my favorite movie taught us that hope is a good thing. I just have hope and nobody can bring me down right now because I'm hopeful for a good season. And that's, it's okay. I'm expecting all the picks against. That's okay. I have hope. You know, that is the inspiration we needed to start our week, Sniper. So thank you for that. <laughs> we all have hope for these betting tickets as well. So with that, I will say thank you for watching. The Early Edge is back tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern. Remember, we have more NFL coverage on the Sportsline YouTube channel today at noon Eastern and 7.30 Eastern. So subscribe to the channel, turn on those notifications so you never miss a show. For RJ White, Berg Betts, and The Sniper, I'm Grace Remington. Have a happy NFL game day, and we will see you at the pay window.